Ray realized it, but he, he actually prayed for Rodney Howard Brown. So right now, Rodney's being blessed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, bless you all. You may be seated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Well, it's so good to be back in good news, and it always is good news. Amen. And so we, um, it's been quite a while. I was trying to figure it out. I think it was t- 2016 that I was here because in uh, May of, uh, sorry, June of 2017, we started doing the Facebook live broadcast. And we do that Monday, Thursday, and Saturday nights. We've been doing it for two and a half years. So it is definitely over three years that we've here. On Facebook, on my profile page, Gilhoud Brown, and then you'll see it eight o'clock sharp every every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. And it's been an amazing experience. Um, we've you know we've got folks that come in from <coughs> excuse me from Australia, South Africa, Europe, and then all across uh, the United States, on the West Coast, the East Coast, the Northern part. I mean, it's just been amazing. We. We call them our Facebook family. <laughs> and um, God has just been doing some wonderful things there. And so, you know, technology is, is incredible. I mean, yeah, we've got YouTube. But um, can you imagine just maybe even five, six, seven years ago, this, this sort of thing wasn't possible. And I feel like God's opening the door for us to get the word out to touch many, many, many lives. There, there's such a desperate need for... The power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so what I do is I just sit at my keyboard and worship for, you know, half an hour, whatever the Lord leads. And then I share a word that's fresh from the heart of God. And then I pray for people online. And uh, it's just been a, a wonderful experience, you know. And so if you have a moment to visit us there. And, of, and all of those are stored. They're saved. So there's, I think, 333 broadcast that we've done to date so you can go back in time and just see what was going on uh, even a year ago you know so but uh, huh yeah I'll I'll even welcome you yes absolutely yeah (laughs) but uh, praise God he is so ready to pour out his glory you know people just don't realize it and uh, we're sitting in a place in the church today where it's become so much about what I do. People think that they have to please God in some way in order for God to bless them, which doesn't make any sense because Jesus died on the cross for us. And all of the wonderful things that he accomplished on the cross is meant for every one of us without measure. If you're born again, you qualify. Let me say that again. I heard one holy grunt there. If you're born again, you qualify. Let me say it again. If you're born again, you qualify. See, because God knows without his help, without the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, uh, well, firstly, we're going to be miserable Christians. (laughs) Nothing worse than hanging around a miserable Christian. When I say miserable, I mean, you know, sick, sad, and sorry. (laughs) But God wants us to be blessed beyond measure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And whenever you give him opportunity, that's one of the things I love about this church is because you're a worshiping church. You love the presence of the Holy Ghost. When you give him opportunity, he will move. Amen. Every time, without fail. It has been our privilege now. We we came to the United States back in 1991. We actually came out in 88, and we came out in 89, and then I came out in 1990, and then the Lord told me that we'd have come for at least a year. And so we came in 1991 with my two kids. My daughter was uh, 13 at the time. My son was 16. And uh, we, for the first three months, we traveled. And we had no, I mean, no meetings booked. We just came and God began to open up doors. And within three months, we had a, a 34-foot motorhome and began to travel all across the nation. 172 cities we've done revivals in in the United States and about 45 internationally. 
and, and, and this is my honest observation, that regardless of the denomination we were in, some of them were abominations. <laughs> and <laughs> but regardless of even the doctrinal leaning, and this will blow away a lot of people because folks have this idea that we have to have you know, all the ducks in a row. Can you find anybody that has all the doctrinal ducks in a row? <laughs> and so God is not waiting for us to have a perfect understanding of his word before we'll move. So he has to move in order to get our mindsets straightened out and our attitudes sorted out and fill us with his glory. Amen. So right across the board, I mean, some of them we're in, we even did revivals in, um, we've, we've been in a Methodist church. We've been in a Southern Baptist church, a Northern Baptist church. We held a Holy Ghost weekend camp meeting in a Lutheran church. And I want to tell you, we saw the power of God in that Lutheran church unbelievably. They actually had rented a cinema. And when, when, when we left, we had to step over bodies, wow. Lutheran bodies. We had to step over them to get out the door. That's how powerful God had moved. And you know, Episcopal Church, we did a two-week revival in the Episcopal Church. I actually got a, a, an honorary ordination, Episcopal ordination, complete with collar and a leather-bound prayer book. <laughs> but, I, but we saw God move so supernaturally. And <clears throat> so without measure, God wants to touch the sick, the lame, the lost, the weary, the wounded, the dying, the lazy, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> Jesus died for them all. Amen. He, he didn't die to make it difficult for us. He died to make it easy for us. Because when he died, the veil was rent in two. The veil of separation between us and God. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not holding against them their trespasses. And that's the wonderful thing about God. He's so ready and willing to forgive. And we are looking for every reason why. When I say we, I'm not talking about you folks. Okay, you're already in the river. Some of you have drowned already. You'll never be the same. I won't mention names or point in their direction. <laughs> Amen. But he's more than ready to pour out his glory on everyone. So point at yourself and say, I'm an everyone. And the place to be is in the river. And I pray that, that all of you get drowned in the river. Because once you drown, you can never be the same again. Amen. You can't be the same again. You drown. That's it. It's over. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> That's why I like to stand and minister here yeah, because this is the river. That's the bank. That's the river bank. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you to get, just, just get lost in the glory tonight. Amen. Would you do that? Get lost in the glory of God. Turn to someone next to you and say, get lost. <laughs> it's the only time you're going to be able to say that and get away with it. <laughs> don't, don't try this at home. <laughs> it may not meet with such uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> but hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> hallelujah. <clears throat> So jump in the river. The water's fine. Glory to God. Well, let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for your awesome anointing that we feel already in this place, Lord. We thank you that you have ordained these meetings, that, Lord, you planned them and you purposed them, Lord, for a reason. That everyone that is here tonight, that, Father, you've already prepared, made ready, to pour, up, uh, to pour out upon each one 
a blessing that is so unique and so awesome that, Lord, it'll bring a refreshing on the inside. It'll bring a new vision, a new revelation, and a fresh unction of the Holy Ghost tonight on the inside of every heart, Lord. That, Father, when we leave, by the time we leave this building, we are going to be so different. I pray for the refreshing rain to fall tonight. That, Lord, every heavy burden will be lifted off of shoulders tonight. Every yoke removed, every mindset that is contrary to that which you want to do, Lord, tonight. To be brought to nothing in Jesus' name. That the wind of the Spirit would blow tonight. And the glory of the Lord be manifest in the hearts of every believer in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Give him the glory. Give him the glory tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. Chapter 4. Hallelujah. (laughs) Luke Luke chapter (laughs) 4. Oh my. We're going to read from verse 14. Now, this is right after the 40 days that Jesus was fasting. And in that 40 days, And remember, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for the purpose of fasting to get alone with God, with his Father. And in that 40-day period, the devil appeared to him three times. Three times. And and I say it like this. He took his best shot three times. And all three times failed. Why? Because Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. And when you stay full of the Holy Ghost, listen, there's not a devil in hell that's a match for the Holy Ghost. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And so Jesus didn't walk around the wilderness fasting and looking for the devil. I wonder where where the devil is. Just when he came, he just told him the word says. You know, so get lost. (laughs) The word says, and so we to take our rightful place in that victory that Jesus wrought for us. Directly after, and and this is the part I love, the Bible says that the devil departed from Jesus and waited for a more opportune moment. And I believe that he thought when Jesus died on the cross and went down to hell that he'd finally got the Son of God. But what he didn't know was that The Father sent the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Spirit went down into hell and raised Jesus up from the dead. He took captivity captive, stripped Satan of all of his authority. Hallelujah. Stripped him. So don't don't ever buy into the notion that, you know, the devil might be out to get me and that he might have a chance because if you're walking in the anointing, he doesn't stand a chance. Amen. Amen. To get to you, he's got to come through the Holy Ghost. You know, when I was uh, about, I guess, about 13, 14, and my brother, my older brother Mervyn, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but we went to the same school. We used to take a train from the village we we stayed in, and it was about a half an hour train trip, and then we went to this high school in another city. And in when we got there, we would the bus would take us up the hill to where the school was. But coming down back to the station, we had to walk, and of course he was in a another class, so usually I was walking by myself, and then he would be following, you know, later on, but to catch the same train. And so as I was walking down towards the station, there was a fellow. I mean, he was a uh, shady kind of a guy. He was probably about two years older than me. And he saw me walking down, and he figured he would jump over the wall and come and harass me. So he walked up 
he jumped over the wall, came up to me and grabbed my, me by the collar and he made a fist and he made some comment like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change, change the shape of your face today. <laughs> and I'm still thinking now, my dad taught us how to box, so I knew how to box, but the guy was bigger than me and I didn't really feel like a fight, but I was ready to defend myself. But this is what I, what I heard. I heard footsteps running behind me, and a wind came past me. My brother was a rugby player, and he took his hand, and he put it on this guy's chest, and the force of his hand hitting his chest moved him back, and he grabbed him by the collar, and he said, this is my little brother. You mess with him, and I'm going to take you out. And the guy said, yes, sir, and jumped back over the wall and sat down. And I thought about that. That is the way our big brother, Jesus, handles moments like that. Amen. We don't have to worry about it because he's got your back. Amen. He's got your back. Whatever the circumstances, he can, he can handle it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Jesus, the devil waited for a more opportune moment. Jesus went back full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee. And the fame of him spread throughout the whole region round about. Now, I love this verse because Jesus went back full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit, and then the fame of him went around. What people do today is they become famous by what they do. And by their gifting and their skills. And I don't have a problem with people with skills. I mean, I thank God for that. But when, it, when we depend upon our skill and our human gifting, we're missing something radical. Jesus was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And the anointing upon his life caused the fame of him to be spread around. When people begin to see the glory of God manifested, they will come. Now, we, we are between waves right now. This is like the valley. We had a great wave of revival in the 90s, and God is still moving, but it's not the same. There are pockets of glory, and there are wonderful moments in the presence of God, but the next wave is coming. Yeah. Hallelujah. The next wave is coming. I feel like it's, you know, when you watch the waves build up, and I feel like we're, we're somewhere here. That wave's going to keep on climbing. And when it crests, it's going to come crashing down on the shores of planet Earth. Amen. And it's going to be awesome. But so thank God you, 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 you're positioned in the right place. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up on the inside of you. Walk in the Spirit. Trust Him every day. Don't wait for special meetings. Don't wait for Sunday. Do it every day. Do it every day. He's on the inside of you. Hello? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. He's on the inside of you. All three of you agreed with that. I said He's on the inside of you. Put your, put your hand on your belly. Say, He lives on the inside of me. And if he's on the inside of me, he's there for a reason. Not just for a season. Hallelujah. Every day. So, so when the body of Christ begins to walk in the spirit like Jesus, full of and controlled by. Full of and controlled by. So well, how, do you, well, how does that work? Well, you're about to do something or go somewhere and the Spirit says to you, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't think that. How about that one? Don't think that. Because one of our biggest issues that we have is what's going on up here. The mind. Probably your biggest enemy. The attitudes of the mind. And it's based on how you see yourself. Amen. Based on 
maybe the condition of the life that you had prior to becoming a Christian. But the Bible says the old things are passed away and all things have become new. And that's what God wants to manifest through the power of the Holy Ghost. So he said there went a fame of him throughout all the region around about. And he himself conducted a course of teaching in the synagogue, being recognized and honored and praised by all. So he came to Nazareth, that is Nazareth where he was brought up. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. And he entered the synagogue as was his custom on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And there was handed to him the roll of the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he opened and unrolled the book and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel, to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Notice he said he has sent me to announce the release to the captives. You've been released. Jesus released you from captivity. We don't have to accept it. We don't have to walk in captivity. We don't have to walk in bondage because Jesus set us free from it. Amen? So whatever you, whatever, however you feel about yourself, you say, well, Brother Gil, you, you, know, you, you just don't understand all the things that I'm going through. And the truth of the matter is, and I say this with every bit of compassion, the truth of the matter, <laughs> the matter is, I don't really want to understand what everyone is going through because I'll be in a worse off condition than, than you know. <laughs> he, he already knows. He already knows. He's, he's, he's an equal opportunity God. Amen. He's a no respecter of persons, God. He loves everyone with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. Don't ever think of yourself as being, you know, far removed. Well, it's easier for you, Brother Gil. You're a preacher. You're an evangelist. And you've had all these revival meetings. It's easy for you to say that. But, you know, I'm not there yet. Well, yes, you are. Amen. Because... The source of supply already is on the inside of you. Hallelujah. The source of supply is already on the inside of you. There's a well inside of you that God wants to cause to spring up, bring new life, new peace, new joy, and everything that you and I need to succeed in this life. Amen. Hallelujah. A lady came in one of the meetings and she came in the prayer line, and, and she, when I got to her, I said, you know, what is, what is it that you need? And she said, well, could you pray for me because you're a lot closer to God than I am? <laughs> and so I looked at her with a smile on my face, and I said, well, sister, are you born again? She said, oh, yes, yes, I am. I said, where does Jesus live? And then the light shone suddenly. No, <laughs> well, he lives inside. I said, well... He can't be any closer to me than he is to you because he's in you and he's in me. Amen? Does that sound like a deal? Is that exciting? I mean, does it make you happy? Well, if it makes you happy, let your face know about it. Amen. Most of them are, but some of them are looking at me like, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> but he lives on the inside of you. Amen. And he's a precious Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And he wants to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, or even dare to imagine. Paul, Paul prayed it in, the, in Ephesians 3 verse 20. He said, according to the power of God that is now at work in you. The power of God is now at work in you. He's working in you right now. Hallelujah. 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 
And he's working in you tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And the more we listen to him and yield to him and fellowship with him, the more we change. Hallelujah. And life gets much, much better. Whatever struggles you're going through now, there's, there's a victory waiting for you. Amen. God's going to take you to another level. Hallelujah. So he said, I, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. Good news to the poor. He sent me to announce release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, that's healing, and to send forth as delivered those who were oppressed, who were downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. So whatever circumstances, whatever life has dished up for you, God, God has something much better for everyone. Your worst calamity is God's greatest opportunity to show forth His glory, His mercy, His grace, His power, His presence on the inside of you to bring about awesome change. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, think about it like this. There's no part of the New Testament that we can exclude the Holy Spirit from. Not one part in the New Testament can we exclude the Holy Spirit from there. You know why? Because when Jesus died and salvation came to us, the earnest of the inheritance, our guarantee is the Holy Spirit that God gave us. The Word says so. God gave us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of all that Jesus did on the cross. Everything that he did on the cross belongs to every one of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, about this is, of course, the uh, prophecy that Isaiah prophesied approximately seven, 750 years before Jesus was born. Let's, let's have a look what Isaiah, Isaiah, everyone say Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> I, I almost said Isaiah, but. <laughs> Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now he's prophesying about Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings. Good tidings. You want to say good tidings? Not bad tidings, good tidings. To the meek, the poor, and the afflicted. That's about every one of us. How we were before. <laughs> he has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. Do you know how many brokenhearted people there are in the world? The world is in a mess. Seriously. I mean, you watch the news, you see the stuff going on, and it's like, you know, one pastor used to say, you know, brother, they're just little flesh creatures. Because <laughs> that's what they are. They're living in the flesh. And when people live in the flesh, stuff always goes wrong. But when we live in the Spirit, we have access to the love, the peace, the joy, the life of God on a daily basis. Amen? And so God anointed Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives, to proclaim liberty, and of the opening of the prison and of the eyes to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I love the way the Amplified says it. The year of his favor. When salvation came, we had access to the favor of God. The favor of God is unmerited, undeserved. I don't deserve to be happy, but God's going to make me happy because of his favor. Amen. Some people just get a little bit more happy than others. And it's probably a good thing. Because if the pastor and the and his, if the pastors ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now that's a little bit southern for you northerners. 
Well, I think you get the message, amen. Because <laughs> as the pastor goes, so goes the church. Trust me, I've seen enough of that, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So thank God you've got pastors that love the river and in the midst of it, amen. So to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. Now Zion being a type of the church to grant consolation and joy. So, you know, we go through stuff and it's always nice when somebody feels sorry for you, you know. And oh, I'm so sorry, my sister. I, I remember you in prayer. And a lot of times when they say, I'll remember you in prayer, they're actually going to forget about you in prayer. <laughs> but it's like just, you know, the Job's comforters. That's consolation. Oh, you know, you poor thing. Hang in there, brother. Hang in, hang in there, brother. It's all going to come right. Amen. And you want to get up and slap him one because he's not going through what I'm going through. I don't want just consolation. I don't want God just to say, son, hang in there. You know, one of these days the trumpet's going to sound. You will make it to heaven. You may crawl across the finish line, but you'll make it to heaven. I don't want that. I want the consolation and the joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. So the church has this concept that the joy is some spiritual, some deep spiritual thing, you know. And then they'll say something like this, well, I've got joy by faith. And I'm going, well, if, if you hadn't have told me, I, I, I wouldn't have noticed it. <laughs> Amen. Well, well, you see, brother, it's deep, it's deep joy. It's, it's deep joy, deep, deep joy. Yeah, I, I know it's so deep, it's buried. And, and, and we've got to dig it out. Amen. <laughs> I, I don't want deep buried joy. I want to actually experience joy. I don't want to just talk about it and say, well, praise God, I got the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I was trying to get serious there. You know? <laughs> Joy is actually an actual experience. Amen. <laughs> and when you're full of joy, there's going to be an overflow on the outside. Why? Because you are a spirit. You live in a body, the soul, earth suit, and you have a soul. It's the place of your emotions. Everyone say emotions. So I don't want to just join my spirit and my emotions are messed up. My, I'm depressed in my emotions, but I've got joy in my spirit. But my soul's depressed. I want to have that manifested joy that, that affects all three parts of me, spirit, soul, and body. Say, so, well, why should the body get happy? Because... <laughs> Because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Have some more medicine, brother. Hallelujah. I mean, I would love to have a big bottle of joy and a big spoon and walk up to everyone and say, open your mouth and just spoon it in. You need an extra one. <laughs> You need two spoons. <laughs> Amen. Joy is, is the fruit. Listen, I say this often. If you can handle joy in the church, you better pray you miss heaven. Because heaven's, heaven's going to be awesome joy. You know why? Because the joy, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. 
Joy is the nature of God. God is a joyful God. Heaven's a happy place. Hello. (laughs) But I don't want to wait to get to heaven before I get joy. Amen. I'd like to have some joy right here on earth. So he says to grant consolation and joy to those who, what? Born in Zion. There's so many believers, so many Christians. They love the Lord. They come to church. But they're carrying such a burden on their shoulders. It's really sad. And God wants to fill them with his joy because the joy of the Lord will set them free. What a better thing to do if you're depressed and then to get such a dose of joy that you forget to be depressed. Amen. You know what I love about the revival meetings? You see people of all description lying all over the floor, just laughing uncontrollably, you know. One lady sort of half sat up on her elbow and she goes, she's laughing so much she can hardly talk. She says, I have no reason to be full of joy. My husband just left me. <laughs> and I thought, maybe that's the reason why she's so happy. <laughs> See, logically in the natural people say, well, you know, that, that's just crazy because your husband left you, you, you lost your house, your job, and you should be so depressed and so miserable. But how can you be when you've got this awesome joy on the inside? It's like God telling you, it's all going to work out. It's all going to come right. It's all going to work out. And until, yeah, until it comes right, I'm going to make you so happy that you're going to forget about the reason why you were sad in the first place. Amen? It's supernatural joy. They're going to say supernatural joy. It's not natural joy. You cannot, you cannot in the natural do be that way. I mean, you know, you watch these comedies and then they have this canned laughter and they tell you where you're supposed to laugh. And it's, it's not even funny. You're looking at them saying all that laughter, but this is not even funny. It's actually dorky, you know. And I understand. Dorky, dorky. Dorky, 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 dorky. <laughs> you need an interpreter. <laughs> you need an interpreter. <laughs> Consolation and joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I shared this story the other night on the broadcast, but we were doing a five-week revival in Greensboro, North Carolina, back in 94, I think, 94, 95. Two meetings a day. And uh, people were just coming out of the woodwork, I mean, from all over, packed every single night. I mean, it was just awesome. And there was a lady that had been coming... I think in the first week, she just got so drunk in the Holy Ghost that you get touched with the joy and, you know, have to be helped off the floor. And So I think it was one morning I was teaching on the anointing and this lady and a bunch of other ladies were sitting on the second row. It's a dangerous row, by the way, second row. <laughs> and uh, they were laughing. I mean, I was preaching and they were laughing. I mean, just so finally I thought, let me see what's going on. So I called the lady out and said, Come and tell us what's going on. She said, well, she said, I've been manic depressive and suicidal. I've been in that condition for about five years and I've been under treatment or therapy. But she said, God totally set me free. And I haven't had to take any, you know, Prozac or whatever else. She was on some antidepressants for the last week or so. And then she fell on the floor and just began to laugh even more. And then the lady next to her just began to laugh as well. So I called her out. I said, come and tell us what's going on. She said, she said, well, I'm actually the psychiatrist that was treating her. (laughs) And she said, she's no longer my client. (laughs) And then, boom, she hit the floor next to the patient. And there they were, doctor and patient. And I said, man, that is beautiful. I love that. 
I love that. That's Jesus in action. Amen. And I can guarantee that that psychiatrist needed the joy just as much as the patient. I mean, you, you, you have to look after depressed people every day of your life. It ain't funny. You say, how do I know? Because I've had to stand up in front of a church full of depressed people, and it ain't funny. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just kidding now, okay? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but there's another story. I was in meetings in, in Michigan, and uh, a lady had come to the meetings, and God had just filled her with joy that night. And she was so, I mean, drunk in the spirit, came to me after and said, you know, I'm a psychiatrist, she said, I'm, I'm qualified and you know, I've got a degree and I'm, I work for a big charismatic church nearby and I'm in, charge, I'm in charge of the counseling. And she said, they give me, there's about 20 people that, that I've been trying to help over the last two years and they're all manic depressive, you know, suicidal and whatever else goes on. But she said, tonight was so wonderful. She said, I just had all this burden lifted off of me because she said, it's really hard, you know, doing that kind of work. So she says to me, do you mind if I bring all of my patients here to the meeting? And so I said, well, sure, you know. So she did. She brought a busload of, of about, you know, they filled the first, the first two, I mean, from the second row, the third row, they filled those, that whole row. And now you can imagine, I'm standing ministering to two rows of depressed people. <laughs> so just prior to the meeting starting, there was a young lady sitting next to her. She was sitting on the end where you're sitting over there. Well, not there, but I mean, on the end of that row. <laughs> and so she came to me and she said, now, brother, that, that young lady over there, and she sort of indicated and I looked and this young girl was kind of sitting in a sort of a fetal position with her feet crossed like this and looking furtively like this, you know. And she said, whatever you do, don't go near her because she's been really badly abused by men and she's very afraid of men. So I said, don't worry. I said, I don't have to go near her. I said, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what he's doing. And so as the meeting progressed, the glory of God began to fall. And this lady was suddenly began to look around and look around and, you know. And by the end of the night, she had this little little smile on her face. And the, <clears throat> the uh, psychiatrist came to me and said, man, that's a miracle. I haven't seen her smile in all the time that I've known her. I said, well, keep bringing her back. Bring her back tomorrow night. So she did. And by the third or so night, she had a big smile on her face and the joy actually, you know, little Holy Ghost giggles. And after the fourth meeting or so, the power got stuck on the floor, totally drunk in the spirit, and she had to be helped out the meeting. And uh, so anyway, about a year later, I was, I was in another church about maybe an hour away, and I was standing at the back waiting for the meeting to start. And this young lady comes walking up to me, and she says to me, do you remember me? And I said, well, I said, you know, forgive me, but I see so many people can you refresh my, my memory? She said, I was the young lady that was sitting next to the psychiatrist that, that could barely look at you. She said, my life has totally changed. She said, I am free of all of that thing. And she said, and, and she held up her hand. She said, I'm engaged to be married. And I thought, wow, isn't that awesome? Now, now try, try and figure that out in the natural. Yeah, it was a Christian, spirit-filled, spirit-filled psychiatrist trying to help this lady for two years using conventional means. And I don't have a problem with that. If that's all that people have, that's fine. But, hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> the Holy Ghost and power, hallelujah. the anointing that destroys yokes of bondage came upon that lady that night and set her free. I had nothing to do with it. I mean, that's the wonderful thing. God didn't even need my help. He didn't even ask my permission. He just came and did it. And I love it. I love it. Amen. And we've seen God do this time and time and time again. So many stories. We were doing some meetings in, in um, 
Ionia, Michigan, also around about that same period. And, uh, you know, I tell people every night, get on the phone and phone five people, nag them and drag them. <laughs> nag them, nag them and drag them. Because, you know, you'll go to someone and say, man, you've got to come to that healing service. And they'll say, oh, no, I'm too sick to go to that healing service, you know. Or you need to come to, there's joy in that service. No, I'm too depressed to go to that joy <laughs> service. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, messing. Yeah, but So you've got to nag them and drag them. Don't take no for an answer. Well, anyway, they, somebody dragged this gentleman and he was, I thought he was a pastor. He was in a suit. He was sitting on the front row. And all throughout the message and as I began to minister, I could see he was, this is the last place he wanted to be. But he obviously didn't want to be rude and get up and walk out. He probably knew the pastor, and so he just sat there. And, but I could see he was not interested, and I had no intention to go and mess with him. So anyway, I began to walk throughout the, you know, the, between the chairs and pray for people, because I do that often. Amen. I look for the saddest person in the building, and then I go and lay hands on them. Amen. <laughs> Everybody suddenly started smiling there. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> so I began to pray for people and, you know, the joy was touching folks and they were getting drunk in the spirit. And I had been on my feet now for maybe Three, three hours already, and my feet were really sore. So, so he was sitting on the pew over there, and there was this was one of those wooden pews, you know. So I went and I knelt with my knees on the front of the pew, see. And I was watching what God was doing with the people. And all of a sudden, my hand was on the top of this guy's head. <laughs> and I, in my mind, I'm thinking... Leave him alone, you know. What are you messing with him for? But it was too late. And I just kept my hand there. And finally, I thought, and now I'm looking at what God's doing in the audience, and it seemed to me that he was trying to get, it, get his head away from my hand. And I looked, and he was actually falling over. The next minute, he falls over. Now, it's the funniest story. And I know that people would look at that and say, I don't know why God would do that. You know, that's, that man's in the flesh. But he fell over and rolled over on his back. And then I don't know how he did this, but he flipped over on his feet. So by now he's about here. Puts his hand up in the air in a diving motion. Dives up in the air and comes down with a wallop on the floor right about here. Sits bolt upright looking like, like what on earth happened? And I went up to him and I said, what happened to you? He said it was like 10,000 volts hit me. And I said, was it good? He said, it was wonderful. <laughs> I said, well, have some more. And I tapped him on the head and, and he fell over. And I was about to step over him to walk up the aisle. I thought, he's going to flip again. So I quickly jumped back and lo and behold, he flipped again and lay there for the duration of the meeting. And so this was to, or towards, I think, the last night of that meeting. And so I didn't see him again. And I was about maybe a year and a half later, I was in another, another church also close by. And who should be in the meeting but this fellow and his wife? So I called them out. I said, come and tell us what happened that night. So he starts to tell the story. And it's funny, you know, I mean, people are laughing. And as he's telling the story, he's getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And finally, he's bent over like this and he's got his hands on his feet. And his hands get stuck to his shoes. Really, I mean, the funniest thing out. And I want to hear what's going on. So I, tell, I look at the wife and I say, well, you carry on with the story. She said, well, we were missionaries in Romania for about three years. And she said, it was so bad, the poverty there and the financial support, which was lacking. And it was just hardship after hardship after hardship. And he finally decided to quit the ministry. He's going to go back to America and get a job. And that's it. He's done with the ministry. But she said, that night, God changed him, Hallelujah. set him free, and we are going back on the mission field. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. So I just say to people, if you don't understand what's going on, actually it's none of, none of my business. 
God can do whatever He wants. If He needs to flip you like a burger <laughs> so that you get well done, <laughs> then so be it. Amen. People say, well, I'm afraid I might lose my reputation. Well, who said you had a reputation? <laughs> well, what, what, what will my neighbor think of me? Your neighbor doesn't think much about you anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what if I lose my dignity? I pray you do. <laughs> Hallelujah. She lost her dignity a long time ago. <laughs> Shoo. Have some more. Have some more. Glory to God. Let me come and explain it over this side. <laughs> it's called joy. Joy. Amen. Joy. And when it manifests on the inside, it's going to overflow on the outside. Amen. And when it overflows on the outside, it sounds something like this. Ha ha. Ha ha. Give her a double dose. Yeah. Make her drunk in the Holy Ghost. Drunk in the Holy Ghost. Saturated. Saturated. Some more. <laughs> more, much more, Lord. That's not enough. That's not even enough, Lord. She needs a lot more. Yeah. Because God's doing a new thing on the inside of you tonight. He's doing a new thing, my sister. Hallelujah. And the new opportunities that will be birthed on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And you're going to find much joy. Much joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So go ahead. Let it bubble some more. Big, big bubble. Big bubble. <laughs> I had a gentleman who would come out with his wife and his kids, and the wife and kids would receive straight away, but he would stand there like a long, lump on a log and just, you know, blink, blink, like a, like a New Jersey bullfrog in a hailstorm. You know, blink, blink. <laughs> I've never seen one, but it can't look good. <laughs> and, and quite honestly, it was like every time he came out, I thought, oh, dear Lord, here he is again. I mean, what do I do? How do I help this guy? And then after the week, well, have some more, my sister. <laughs> after a week, he was, uh, we, I mean, we've a week of meetings. And about a month later, we came back for a sequel. And he was working a late shift. And so it was just his wife and kids there. And they would come out and receive. And, and he wasn't there, you know. So anyway, the last night now, I'd been praying for everybody the whole night. And so I was pretty tired and so I'm standing like this, sort of leaning on this pew here and got my eyes closed. And I said, okay, well, before we close, if there's anyone that hasn't been prayed for, come out now. And I hear shuffle, 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 shuffle. When I open my eyes, here's this fellow come down the aisle, stand right in front of me. And I'm thinking, oh, man, <laughs> you know, I'll be, the, 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 this is the end of the anointing. You know, it's like, what am I going to do now? Thank, I mean, why don't I keep my mouth shut? So I'm standing here wondering what I, what I should do with this fellow. And I sort of slop a, a hand on his head like this. And I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, this comes out of my mouth. The Lord's going to bubble your trouble in the rubble. <laughs> Stupid. And I'm telling you, the, the, it looked like somebody hit his legs with a baseball bat. He hit the floor, got instantly drunk in the spirit. And I said, I stepped back. I said, wow, it was that easy. I mean, thank you, Lord. Shoo. <laughs> the Lord's going to bubble your trouble in the rubble. Amen. That's why we need the, the, the joy, the bubble of joy. Amen. Because 
when you bubble, you have less trouble. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the joy, the joy, the joy. Go ahead, my sister. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to laugh with your mouth closed. It's very hard. Your, your cheeks could split. <laughs> Give her a double dose. Aha. Have some more, dear sister. Go ahead. Have another drink. Have another drink. How are you doing down here, brother? Phew. Go ahead, have a drink. What's happening over here? How are you doing, dear sister? Excellent. Well, have a double dose. Go ahead, let that joy bubble. Give her, give her a big drink, Lord, tonight. A big drink. A big drink. A bigger drink. Supersize it. <laughs> Woo. Oh, yeah. Happy, happy, happy. Happy's good. Sad is bad. Amen. Happy. Happy is good, my sister. Amen. You thought I wasn't going to. <laughs> Happy is good. Happy, happy, happy. Hallelujah. Go ahead, let that joy bubble. Every, everyone's trying to be decently and in order. <laughs> I'm going to laugh decently and in order. Go ahead, my dear sister, let that bubble. You too, brother. a double dose, Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, get the cameraman, Lord. And, and all those watching on YouTube, let your glory come now, Lord. Fill them with your fire. Let your glory fill tonight in Jesus' name. Lift heavy burdens. Amen. How are you doing, my sister? You doing good? We'll have a... Have a little bit more joy. Go ahead. Big drink. Big drink. Big drink. Big drink. Amen. The joy, joy, joy. The joy, joy, joy. <laughs> Go ahead. Let that joy spring forth. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. <clears throat> it's wonderful. Hallelujah. Sure. <clears throat> People say, well, you know, what's the purpose of the joy? Well, the purpose of the joy is to make God's people happy. Amen? Because happy is good. Happy is good. Amen? <laughs> Give her a double dose, Lord. Give her a double dose. Give her a double dose. She may be underage, but this is allowed. This drink, this, this kind of drinking is allowed. Amen. Have some more. Big drink. Big drink. <laughs> is this your daughter? Okay, get mama as well, Lord. Amen. Get mama as well. Hallelujah. Get them both. Big time. Big time. Big drink. Big drink. Big drink. Big drink. Big drink. Big drink. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go ahead, my sister. 
Have, have a double dose. Have a double dose. Have a double dose. You know what Jesus said? He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. He didn't say, come unto me and think. He said, come unto me and drink. Amen. Hallelujah. Ha ha. And a ho ho. <laughs> it's a lot easier, you know. Amen. It's a lot easier. Have some more, my sister. Have a dose. Go ahead. Let it bubble. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel so refreshed. <laughs> you feel drunk. <laughs> oh. Shoo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let me finish my message here. <laughs> Consolation and joy for those who mourn in Zion. We're not going to be mourning anymore. We're going to walk in the joy. To give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem. A garland, you can see it. He says, a, 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 an ornament, a garland of beauty instead of ashes. This is all, all the things that Jesus was anointed to do. To give us beauty instead of ashes. The garland, everybody's going to see it. It's a visible thing. It's not hidden, it's visible. When the church gets set free, the world are going to notice. The world are going to notice. Because wherever you go, you're going to carry the joy. You're going to carry the life. You're going to carry the water. You're going to carry the peace of God. And people are going to notice it. They do. Hallelujah. He goes on. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The oil of joy. Oil. When you get full of oil, you become slippery. And, and stuff can't attach itself to you. Yeah, you're slippery. The issues of the world, the junk that's out there can't touch you because you're full of the oil of joy. Instead of mourning, you can't have oil of joy and be depressed at the same time. <laughs> I'm so depressed. <clears throat> you can't be full of joy and be depressed. When the one comes, the other goes. I call it heavenly Prozac. The oil of joy. Heavenly Prozac. Amen. It's God, God's answer to, to pharmaceuticals. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment, again something you wear, says expressive of praise. Instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. God doesn't want the church to be a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. He wants us to have the oil of joy instead of mourning. Hallelujah. It's real. It's real. It's wonderful. It's for you, for every one of you. Glory to God. Amen. Have a drink back there, brother. Go ahead. Have a drink back there. Get him good, Lord. He was sitting there minding his own business. <laughs> Give him a double, double dose. Hallelujah. A double drink, too. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, we're going to pray for everyone tonight. And uh, I know many of you have received already, but God's got more for you. Amen. And uh, then we're going to do this again tomorrow night. And then Sunday morning. At 10 a.m., amen. So you got at least two more meetings. Is there a meeting Sunday night? No, no meeting. Unless, of course, yeah, okay. <laughs>
So we won't write that in stone. We'll see what God does. Amen. But uh, get on the phone and, and find somebody that's, that needs help. Yeah. Nag them and drag them. Amen. Bring them in. Let's see God do something really supernatural. Amen. I mean, he's already begun to touch people. And I know you folks love the river, so you, you, you're easy, you know, candidates. Yeah. Hallelujah. But okay, so we're going to pray for everyone. And if somebody can move that for me, that would be good. Let me grab my water there. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Would you all stand right now? Lift your hands to heaven. Father, thank you, Lord, for your glory that is in this house, Lord. We thank you for the awesome presence of the Holy Ghost in this meeting tonight, Lord. Father, I thank you that even now you've begun to bring about change in the hearts of many. Thank you for that which is being birthed on the inside of them right now by the power of your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that this is a life-changing moment for everyone. And Lord, we want to go deeper into the things of God tonight. We want to go higher yes. into the heights of God tonight yes. and get everything that you have planned for us tonight. In Jesus' name, we are hungry. Say, Lord, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, and I'm desperate for the touch of heaven. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So we're going to just come on out here. And sister, if you want to play the keyboard just softly, you can do that And um, while we're praying for folks. And just come.